0: All right, you primitive
1: screwheads, listen up.
0: Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan.
2: And I'm Screwhead Andrew.
0: And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie of the week. So today's horror movie is going to be the 2011 remake of The Thing. Not directed by John Carpenter, directed by Dutch filmmaker... Oh, God, why did I bring this about it myself? <laughs> Mahias van Helgingen Jr.? I don't know. Um, But yeah, it is the remake, or the prequel to the remake of the John Carpenter thing, the 1982 version, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So we'll dive into that in just a little bit, but first off, how are things
2: going, Andrew? They're going pretty good. I I just got my uh, second vaccination on Friday, so in two weeks I will be immune to all diseases. Um, Did you get the
0: Chad... Pfizer or the Virgin Moderna.
2: I got the Chad Pfizer, obviously. It's,
0: it's oh, the best of course, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, how, that's yeah. how I know
2: I'm great. I'm, i I know I'm surviving everything. And you know, yes, I, please. I still haven't had any negative effects. I feel like I've heard a lot about that, uh, but I don't. I just got yeah, I had shoulder a hurt.
0: slight headache um i had a slight headache back in um when i got my second vaccine for like a day after that but that was it but i'm nearly positive i had it um back in february of 2020 because um we went to a site together um my girlfriend and i and basically this was before masks were implemented anything like that and I lost my sense of taste like right after. Well, I didn't actually have any symptoms, but she lost her sense of taste and then she had a really, really bad flu the following week. And this is before like we knew what the symptoms are, that loss of taste was one of them. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. And then I was fine after that. So I don't know.
2: I I feel like on the same boat, like not not to be a hypochondriac, that's my only kind of fear is I don't want to be somebody who just like thinks it. But I definitely remember being like sick for a while and like having like intense soreness and just like not being able to like think straight. For like a mm-hmm. while, end like of the school year, and just like having like a fog for a while after that. So I think like a lot of yeah, people probably and you had are it. You were in
0: public education, so definitely, you know that that's a breeding ground for all of it. And I work in hospitals, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Odds are, we probably had it. Anyway, uh, any listeners out there, please get vaccinated, please, so we can open up this country sooner and the world sooner, and stay safe out there. All that good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what it's a good thing is Hmm. that um, there's not a uh, petri dish blood test to see if you have COVID or not oh my
2: god imagine that'd be be amazing
0: I I just want to be like round everyone up in the same room and then you know have some sort of like wire that's been set aflame or heated up and then touch the blood to it and then if like if you have COVID the blood reacts does that (laughs) remind you of any movies
2: um, hmm. no, actually, none, none. Maybe, maybe leprechaun, but that's about it.
0: Oh, that's right, the blood test in and leprechaun. That How else would sad. you know who's a leprechaun? It's the only way to tell. That's right, there's no other way to tell who's a leprechaun or not. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Andrew actually suggested this movie, Um, and I kind of jumped on it as well because... The thing, once again, 1982 is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I tend to gravitate towards horror movies that, one, have really, really, really good special effects and look really good, and two, I do like the psychological horror aspect of just the horror genre in general. I like it when people slowly lose their minds and they're not sure who to trust, who to, you know, what reality is and what not reality is, and that disorienting feeling. Um, I do really enjoy that aspect of horror. So, John Carpenter, 1982 the 10, obviously an absolute classic. Um, Kurt Russell is fantastic. The effects are wonderful. And just the story and increasing paranoia in Antarctica is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It's great. Um, so, yeah. Um, anything to add to that?
2: No, same boat. Love that movie. Uh, I remember uh, when this movie came out, I, as you may have learned about me by now, but I get kind of obsessed with things about, like...
0: Hey, you said the name. You said what? Oh God! <laughs> you said the thing. You said the thing, and I said the thing.
2: Oh my God, we did. But uh, um, so like when this movie came out, I again, I, you know, I love the movie, but I also like went and like read the comics. Uh, I watched the original one. I read the short story. So like this, mm-hmm. this I, I'm kind of the same boat. Where like this, this film was or not this film. Sorry, the original was kind of a big thing for me, and I was really excited for this movie coming out.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, a little bit of background information on this movie. Um, So, the director, Matthias, um, he. And I'm sorry, Matthias Jr., if I pronounce your name wrong. I'm, you know, half Swedish. I'm not Dutch. But um, basically, he was supposed to originally direct a sequel to uh, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 version. Oh. And as they were going on through and as they were figuring that out, um, it turned out that this little thing called the financial crisis happens in 2006, and the project was basically canceled. So what they did instead is Universal was looking through all of their old IPs, and they came across the thing. And they were just like, hey, the thing is not 100%. uh, We haven't done anything with with it since the 80s. Why don't we go ahead and, and do some sort of remake with it? And the director actually refused to do a remake. He was just like, it would it would be painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa, verbatim. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> He's like, we wouldn't do that to Jaws. We wouldn't do that to The Exorcist. But as a Dutch person and as a European, he was always really, really curious to see what happened on that Norwegian base in the original remake of the thing, that 2000, or 1982 version. You know what? Fuck it. Yes, I know the John Carpenter version of The Thing is a remake of The Thing from Another World, which was set back during the 50s. However, not many people know about the 50s version, and everyone calls the John Carpenter version of the original. So if I say the original The Thing, I'm referring to the John Carpenter version. All right, we're going to get that out of the way, Andrew? Is that good? Well, I'll go with that, because
2: it's also the original movie called The Thing, so that works, too.
0: Yeah, that's that. So... Anyway, um, yeah, I just know we're going to get angry comments about that, and I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. My nerd cred isn't 100% all the, what, what it wants to be, but that's that. Wait,
2: have you seen that movie, by the way? Have you seen the original? I have
0: not, actually, um, and I really should. I remember seeing a couple of videos on it. Um, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, did a whole retrospective on all three of the thin movies, oh. uh, but I haven't seen the original. I do know, in terms of body horror and everything like that, it's basically a Frankenstein monster. It's not a shape shifting thing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's it's it's
2: really disappointing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Some people people really like it, but I I was really disappointed in it. I think I I was just excited for this kind of movie, and it wasn't at all. But Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm sure somebody's (laughs) empty.
0: So anyway, that's what happens um, in terms of the original thing and this remake that came out. He, the director, was just like, "Yeah, I don't want, you know, to paint a mustache over the Mona Lisa, but I can go ahead and maybe I can set some sort of prequel to find out what happened to everyone in the Norwegian base before the events of the original thing." And that's he was really curious and really excited to tell that particular story. And that's what this movie is about. So, literally, the ending few minutes of this movie lead up to the beginning moments of The Thing with the dog running towards the um, American base and all of that stuff. So, overall impressions. What did you think of the 2011 version of The Thing?
2: So, you know, as we just said before, like, I, I was really excited for this movie when it's, when this first came out. Like, actually, I wasn't able to see it in theaters because in Vermont, uh, kind of like with, they did the same thing with that movie, The Last Samurai, and that came out. Where it showed for like literally one weekend and then got pulled from theaters. And I was like pissed because I was like trying to see it. Um, so I was really excited. I had to wait until it came out on a video or DVD uh, back in the day. And so, you know, so much excitement, so ready for it. And I was utterly disappointed. I just, mm-hmm. I, I think it had a great I think the idea of what they're trying to do with it was great, but the execution I thought was really not. Like the storytelling that made the first movie so great wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And also the CG didn't help.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, too. And we'll talk about the CG in a second, because that's what everyone talks about with this movie. But I kind of had the same feeling as I did with Superman Returns. Remember that one?
2: I actually never watched that. Kevin Spacey and Brandon Not going to lie.
0: it's, It's not great, because it's basically... You got this director, and this applies to both versions, the Superman and the thing, but you got this movie who, this director who just absolutely loves and adores the original versions that they grew up with and they love, and they want to go ahead and create a movie that's in response to that. And my biggest thing with this movie was just, it's basically the same movie. Mm -hmm. Like, there's... You've got a testing scene, you've got a scene with a dog, you've got just, there There really isn't much it brings. I felt like I was watching the same movie over again, but just a lesser version of it. And I had the same feeling when I was watching Superman Returns as well, is just, it's, it, it's there's not much to it that the original does not do better. It's it, It's almost like a pale fan version of it, even though it's a prequel, even though it touches on new plot points the beats play out pretty much the same thing. They discover the thing, the thing kills a few people, there's a dog involved at one point, Um, they get paranoid, the flamethrower comes out, the Norwegian base looks pretty much the same as the American base. Mm -hmm. There's the scene where they're testing each other and they have to find some way to figure out who is the thing and who's not the thing. And all hell breaks loose, more people die and yeah. I mean, even at the end where, you know, it dies in a fiery explosion, or it doesn't die, but, you know, is killed off, quote unquote, in a fiery explosion. I, I just felt like I was watching the same movie over and over again.
2: No, I feel the same. Like, there there are a lot of beats that felt like, like, I I was, I was watching, like, isn't there a scene? Because, um, you know, they do that scene where they go and burn the body outside. Don't they do that exact same scene in the first one, or in the mm-hmm. original? And there's also yep. the scene where, like, while the blood test is happening, while everything's going on, the, you know, McCready in the first movie or the pilots in this movie come back and disrupt it. It's like the exact mm-hmm. same situation.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure the director at some points, and, you know, I could be completely wrong on this, but I, I'm sure they were just like, yeah, this is a homage. We're just going to say the same story beat so the people watching can say, oh, yeah, I remember that from the original. But when you're doing a prequel and you're covering new story ground, don't tell the exact same story. Like, use it to shed additional light, to give it a little bit more layering. I wish they would have done something different, honestly. But, yeah, it it just feels like I'm watching the same movie, just a lesser version of it. And it's not bad. Like, some of the special effects are really, really good. I do like the fact that they tried something new, where instead of blue-collar workers, basically, in Antarctica, they're actually hardened scientists this time. Um, It's just it's not as well stated, not as well told. Well, I think only a couple of them are blue-collar
2: workers. i sorry, only a couple, couple of them are scientists in this one, I mean.
0: Yeah, but I, I always felt like, because especially since Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the main character, I felt like we were trying to follow them from a more scientific perspective, whereas in the original, we were following from a Kurt Russell's perspective, and there was a very blue-collar feel to the whole flick. I can't remember, what
2: was Kurt Russell in the original? Was he an engineer? Is he a pilot? He's a pilot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I think, cause I'm, so in, in, preparation for this, um, I knew that a couple of years ago, they, they kind of did a re-release of the original story, um, because they found, um, Campbell's archives and like that, um, in Harvard. And so they end up finding the, like a draft of this, of the original novel called, uh, frozen hell, which adds like mm-hmm. three more chapters to the original story. And I feel like in that one, they imply that he's like a meteorologist or something, <laughs> um, it, it basically just adds three more chapters to the original story which is them actually finding the ship um while in the original story they kind of talk about finding the ship and not really go into the explanation um so I thought that was interesting uh, cuz I I downloaded the audiobook of it and it's actually cool cuz it's read by Yuri Lowenthal who is uh oh, oh yeah so yeah, I was like oh that it's you Yuri Lowenthal like look at Sasuke telling me about uh things <laughs> yeah yuri is a
0: very prolific voice actor in the anime and video game world so uh, yeah. that's it's great a-
2: it's actually really weird though because like every once in a while he'll do one of the voices like for our mm-hmm. character and i'll be like oh this is awkward like i'm like hearing this character from this anime like talking about like i don't know like using thermite reactions to blow up a ship <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that's a little weird um yeah but yeah i thought that was interesting cause i, I could have sworn it said that he was like a uh a meteorologist or something mm-hmm anyway, back yeah, to this. So.
0: But anyway, yeah. Um, so I guess now is a good time to talk about the CG issue that everyone complains about with this movie.
2: Yeah, sure, yeah. Do you, do you want to go into it? or?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. So basically what happened is um, the director set off to intent um, that he wanted all of this to be completely 100% practical effects. Um, he didn't want any CG whatsoever, and the reasoning stated behind this, according to a couple interviews I read, is that he wanted a better reaction out of the actors you know if they open up a door and see an actual animatronic monster right there they can easily act more scared than if it was just some sort of green screen cg right there so they did that and then there have been a couple interviews where the director did specifically state and that the animatronics while they look good did have that 80s cheese to it, which works for the 80s, but didn't quite work for, you know, 2011. And they were just not getting the quality, we're not quality, but they were not getting the intention across what he envisioned in his mind. The animatronics were just not up to stuff. And then I do see a lot of reports as well, and this is kind of something that's parroted around all the fan forums and, you know, movie forums and that sort of thing, was that the studio stepped in and said, hey, you need to use CG. So they created a lot of these practical effects for these monsters, and there's a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes information of seeing all of these animatronics and the hard work that gets put into it. So they exist, they're out there, but the final cut, according to the director itself, is about 70% CG, 30% um, actual practical effects. So that's kind of been a sore store sticking point with a lot of people um, when watching this movie. They always complain, well, it's not CG, or it's all CG. We don't like that. We want practical effects. Um, and yeah, anything to add to that?
2: No, yeah, no that, that's yeah, that's, that's basically what I've heard. Yeah, I think it was Industrial Light and Magic. Were they the ones who did it? Who did the... uh yeah, let's see. I think it may have been them. Um, but I do know that... So, you, again, you can find those online... Um, but what you can also do um, is what this movie inspired though was that movie Harbinger Down, which came out mm-hmm. a while later. Basically the people who like who were involved in this movie were like, we want to make our, you know, our thing movie with special effects. Or with, you know, uh-huh. our special effects. Um we made it. It's with Lynn Hendrickson, it's pretty good. It's like a, it's another kind of like finding a supercell or like an you know an alien organism, but then this time it's on a ship. Um, which is pretty cool. Like it, it's it's not a great movie plot wise and stuff. But you know, the effects do look pretty good. I will say I think it's a slightly better movie than this one. Um it has a lot lower production quality, but the the tension is there. Um, I think that that's you know, I don't know if that's really there in this film. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that yeah. You,
0: uh, if, Al- Dynamics Oh, um, that was the yeah, they were they were the special effects company. And they did a great job. Like mm-hmm. I was watching a couple of the behind the scenes videos of creation of that sort of thing and some of it was really good like i do like the one monster i forgot the character's name but um when the monster crawls on top of him and then like merges his cheek into the other one so they're like two bodies that are kind of just like slapped up against each other that was some great design yeah i, I um,
2: like the concept of that i think that was, that was an interesting concept
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yep.
2: all right so so kind of off that what do you think about the monster in this movie just in general like what how was the thing for you in this movie
0: Again, it was I that, that nagging sense of deja vu. We're just like, I've seen this before, but I've seen it done better. And this is something in horror movies I will always, always stick by in terms of practical effects or monster effects or blood and gore or, you know, a grotesque monster that shifts its form all the time. It doesn't need to look realistic. Like, realistic looking gore all of the time doesn't, necessarily make the most impactful. It just needs to look good. Like, for example, RoboCop, where the guy is... um he gets caught by acid and then gets run over by the car. You remember that scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene does not look realistic at all. No. But it looks fun in a way, and it looks... I mean, it's entertaining to watch in you know, a very grossed-out way sort of thing. So that's kind of the example I always go to of just, like, it doesn't need to look... Realistic, It just needs to look good. And that did not look realistic and look good. And I think the original 80s version was like that as well. Um, it was just so fascinating to watch, especially, you know, with the um, defibrillator scene where, you know, the cat body cavity opens up and then his arms get taken off and that sort of thing. You never knew what to expect where the monster, the form was going to take itself. And I really, really did like that. This one, I mean, there were some creature designs that I really liked, but again, it was kind of the same but lesser version of it and it just made me wish i was watching the original what you think of the design
2: i felt the same way i i felt like i couldn't quite tell what they were going for with the design because like one of the things i thought of at the beginning of this movie um when you first see the creature i was like oh man it'd be cool to see what this thing looked like before it started merging you know like what what was this thing's original shape or you know whatever alien happened to, to be before it came to earth and we barely see it which I didn't really like that like which I I like in the sense that it's early on in the movie, but they also show us so much of it, like when we like, I like that it has these kind of like cool like I don't know like crab like claw things these like big like insectoid arms we kind of see sticking out of there and stuff, but we don't really get a good look at it. Um, so I, I like the concept of being able to see it, but I also think this movie kind of does the aliens to alien kind of route where they're like, well, in the first movie you barely saw the creature, you didn't really know what it looked like, so in this movie the first time you see it, you're going to see it right there. And like, we Mm -hmm. see the full thing, like the monster version of the thing. And like the first, like 20 minutes of this movie, I feel like. And as a result, I think there's not much of a surprise. It's not as interesting to see it because you see this giant whale fucking thing with weird legs, like eating a guy shooting out its little scorpion, like over here thing, like pulling a guy. Like it just didn't look great to me at many of the parts. Like, I thought that, like like you were saying, like, part of what made the original one was so good was you kind of saw, like, where the thing took its anatomy from all the time. Like, you saw it, like, when it, like, you know, like, like when when the guy's head fell off and the arms kind of popped out. You kind of saw, like, where it was going. But a lot of this, I feel like, it merges with that guy. And then it just becomes this kind of, like, slick, fleshy mass that just kind of goes around. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't love that. And there... And they also kept doing, like, this movie kept drawing towards this idea that it would always kind of form this thing with this big mouth kind of in the center with all these teeth. If you notice, like, a lot of this thing, which I thought was interesting because it showed some kind of continuity between the creatures, they had these big kind of teeth and this kind of gaping mouth, which we didn't really see in the first movie at all. So it was kind of this movie's idea of what this creature might look like on its own. You know, yeah, know i didn't
0: when, even catch that good catch it, but I, I hated it
2: because like, it kept like it kept doing it like like because the first one made like you know the dog's mouth and the dog's mouth became part of the creature and that was like that was like the mouth that it used but in this one it takes over that woman's body right it makes that girl's body and then she turns into thing and her stomach opens up and there's a mouth there and i'm like well what's the point of what's the point of the head on the top for then like why not use an anatomy you already made like if you think about like conservation of like resources like i'm assuming it has like burn calories or use energy to make these transformations like wouldn't you use what you already have instead of creating new stuff like Mm -hmm. that's that that kind of got me in this like some of the things it turned into um confused me especially because like we don't really see it as much in the first one we see when the head breaks off and stuff but you get the idea that the thing doesn't like to separate you get the idea that the thing wants to stay as a central mass and maybe when it loses part of itself then that thing gains autonomy um like you know yeah it, that's a but in this one he just like shoots off arms like arm off arm off like which <laughs> because like if if it knows that if it like because you know it makes sense to me like okay maybe it's a single celled thing it's a single super cell but then when you cut it off that other cell gains anatomy and goes off or right, autonomy but in this one it's like if that was the but in this one he does it for willy-nilly so that was the case dude you know become infected then just go and like make yourself some fucking kool-aid drop your cells into that and then give it to everybody and you're done like, movie over. Like, if, if if it has this anatomy to spread itself out and it has that, like, autonomy, sorry, and it has that idea that, like, it seems to hint it knows that it can do this in this movie, why isn't it doing that all the time? Why isn't it just, like, shooting out fingers at people? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, to me, it, it expanded the lore and kind of explored some of this idea of what the creature could do, and then it, but by doing that, it made a lot more questions in my mind. I don't know.
0: Yeah, definitely, because I feel like in the original, you can kind of get a sense of the creature's thought process just from the um, the creatures it turns itself into and, you know, how it splits and how it moves and how it opens up, and especially with the opening scene with the dog and, you know, as you see the dog change and that sort of thing. You, you can definitely get a sense of how it interacts with the world, and I felt like that was kind of sorely lacking in this movie as well. And, and overall, I just, I feel like this is... Oddly enough, more it feels like a remake rather than a prequel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it really, really does, and I don't like that because again, it's just like I would rather be watching the first one. Yeah, and but- then also too, like famously Jaws, you know, they because of technical limitations, because the animatronic shark was so hard to work with, they kept its visibility to a minimum as much as they could and that made it so much more impactful because your brain whatever your brain comes up with is always going to be scarier than what it's actually on screen and i think this movie you know took the man behind the curtain a little bit too much
2: yeah because i'm thinking about it and like generally when you think about the thing like the monster of the thing in the movie do you usually think about like the monster either when it's in the dog or at the end of the movie when it's this big mass because i don't that's not where my mind goes to i my mind goes to like the doctor creature and like the the and like the windows kind of weird that weird face that like the that thing becomes it bites windows like that's where my mind goes to so like Mm -hmm. i feel like those the iconic things like the people things but this movie doesn't really give you a lot of people things it gives you like the weird two people merge people thing it gives you the doctor at the end people thing and then it gives you like I guess kind of the woman people thing, but like they, they don't look, they're not like people things. They're like the thing that happens. They're not humanoid, no. mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I didn't love that, that decision. Like, I, I feel like the director, and I, and I understand his thought process of like, well, people know what the thing is. So we're not going to hide what the thing is. We're going to shove it in your face. But like, this was like 30 years later from the thing, like almost like he, in telling a good story but also just like in thinking of the cultural zeitgeist of this film like a lot of people who are watching this probably hadn't seen that or like Mm -hmm. might not know it might think of it as an old movie that's not worth watching so like this is your chance to get them in and if you just shove it all in their face it's not gonna help
0: yeah, and the original still holds up. I mean, it's oh, cheese, cheese, definitely, but it, it, it's still the effects look really good and they're still really, really impressive, especially for 1982. And just the story itself and the feeling of paranoia and just, I i think it's one of the greatest horror movie endings ever as well. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I don't know. So on,
2: on, yep. that, on that note, oh, actually, sorry, one more thing. And like that, the fucking doctor face on the thing at the end killed me. <laughs> the fact that it kept his fucking face like why did it keep his face until the very end like why was it like oh, i'm gonna keep his face just to reveal my other face inside of it like what 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 the fuck was that like what was it doing <laughs> like it looked stupid and it looked dumb um and i'll talk about that later because the characters are gonna be good later um but uh paranoia what, what do you think about that in the film you mentioned the paranoia of the thing of the original you know the carpenter thing being great what, what do you think about paranoia in this film did that work for you
0: Um, one thing I did like about this, and this is something that the director brought his own cultural background to, is the fact that the camp was pretty much divided between the Norwegians and the Americans. And there were a couple good scenes in there, especially that one where, um, during the testing scene where they're checking for dental fillings and the one Norwegian is holding the gun to the other Norwegians and he basically has to choose between the American scientist or his federal brethren, um... I thought that worked decently well. I didn't, you know, 100% love it, but I, I I could see what the director was going for, and I don't think it was complete failure on that aspect. Yeah. like I, about you?
2: I know. I, I agree. Like, I think that was a strong point where, like, the doctor was, like, talking to the other guy in Norwegian, so she couldn't, under, Kate couldn't understand what was going on, and he was like, well, like, yeah, yeah, he's obviously saying, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you listening to her and stuff? I thought that was great. But other than that, I, I didn't feel that, that same fear of, the, of like, the same tension of the original like i didn't think that i was as worried about i don't know i i I didn't think marylis windset was gonna die um i kind of figured what was gonna go on the only thing that really kind of got me uh was the helicopter scene when it not wasn't the guy who was sick it was the guy who was with him who was the thing Mm -hmm. that was one thing that got me (laughs) that was like but yeah i don't know also i don't understand that scene but what the thing's idea was like what was, In the helicopter? What was his plan there?
0: Um, I kind of figured it as a... It's basically still trying to figure out exactly how these people operate, uh, you know, what a helicopter exactly does, trying to get more information, and then once they were suspicious about it, that's when he attacked the other people.
2: But, I, but I mean, like... So, she thought... Like, I, okay, he didn't know what he thought, but, like, I don't know. I feel like... Like it was able to talk to the guy, it was able to communicate with people. It seemed like because like, the thing in this movie goes between being smart and stupid pretty quick, and like understanding <laughs> humans and not understanding humans really quick. Like because mm-hmm. like I feel like a lot in the in the other thing in the other movie, like we don't see it interact with people as much. Like we, once if you kind of go back and think about when it was the thing, it's not usually very outspoken. Whichever character it is, is kind of just there, like oh, what the fuck's going on? But this one is like wheeling and dealing it's like yo let's go find the keys for these for these like fucking things like let's like you know like setting up place to get them alone and stuff and i'm like oh man this thing's really smart now damn this thing like understands humans really well i'm impressed um so i feel like on that like there are other ways it could have gone and like 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 the fact that like almost escaped right there and just happened to like you know blow its own load at that moment (laughs) like Mm -hmm. seemed very convenient for the plot and the fact that like we learn that one of its goals is just to fucking get back to the ship and i'm like you could have done that at any time you could have just hopped in one of those little <laughs> like what like you could hopped any of these crawlers the girl you you had possession of the girl who knew where the keys were to the crawlers why not take all the keys get in a crawler and go and you're 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 home free
0: mm-hmm. like yeah what? i agree uh,
2: it made yep. some... It, it's decision it's i don't know, it fluctuated there um, but in terms of the paranoia and stuff in detention What did you think about the testing, the testing in this film?
0: Oh, again, it was just, like, it it was done better than the original. Like, dental fillings? I I guess that makes sense, definitely. But there's just something so much more intrinsically more tense than actually having someone's blood in front of you in a petri dish and then pressing that hot, you know, wire to the blood as it pops on up rather than, okay, just open up your mouth. All right, good, you're good.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I felt, too, that, like, it felt like both the tests were kind of inherently flawed. And like and the doctor points out, they're like, yo, like like the you know, the, the assistant guy's like, I fucking floss, I don't have fillings. Like and, and I uh-huh. get that it's like a temporary stay of like, okay, how can I figure out who's safe now and who I can be around? Great idea. Good yeah. point. Awesome. But like, I feel like there's other ways to figure this out. And also like you just explain what you're doing to everybody. So if the thing can change stuff and can like, you know, change body parts, it can produce hair, it can produce different colored skin couldn't it just like produce a darker spot or like a shiny spot on its tooth and be like, gotcha. Like,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like your nails and stuff. Aren't like, you know, typical flesh. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like you explained what you're doing. And also like, I don't know. Is that really a good idea? Um, And then like the other, the the first test they come up with their blood test of like, we're going to mix our our DNA with the alien DNA. And if we see it react, that will be a thing. It's like, okay like that kind of makes sense um but like what if it didn't like what if the cells die like what if that's not the case what if like the two guys you put in the fucking lab are both things like you 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 put it up to two people to do this who you have no way of confirming if they're things or not Mm -hmm. like i just i feel like there's a lot of problems with that which i you know and again i get that it's like i get that it's you know, kind of made up at the moment, they don't know anything, but, like, MacReady and them come up with a better test real quick.
0: <laughs> they do, yeah, and then they're just so, um, quote-unquote, the dumber characters because, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winston is the scientist and that sort of thing, but now MacReady, you know, makes the smarter decision. I don't yep.
2: know, how did he, I don't, I don't, I can't remember how, but I know that he, they did somehow figure out that the separate cells react differently. Um
0: I don't remember either, it's been a while, But so.
2: Yeah, but it, it just seemed weird that, like, all these scientists came up with, like, a weirder method well like again it makes sense the blood test method sounds very scientific so i get it but yeah i don't know and, I, and I, it, were they gonna do that with macready and them because originally remember they had they had all the blood packs um and then somebody destroyed the blood packs i can't remember what's going on with the blood packs but that was that was a feature of the um original movie so maybe that had something to do with it but anyway
1: hmm
0: yep uh, yeah, so a couple other trivia bits I just kind of came across. Um, one, John Carpenter originally was supposed to have a cameo in this movie. Um, really? So originally, before they actually went to the Antarctic base, they were going to stop on over to some sort of bar, and then John Carpenter was going to be the bartender. But they cut that scene just for pacing issues. They just wanted to get to the base as fast as possible, and that scene was kind of scrapped by the wayside. Um, yeah. And then also, too, did you ever play the uh, PlayStation 2 game, The Thin?
2: No, the one that's supposed to be the sequel? I've heard about it.
0: Yes. Yes. It is a sequel, um, according to John Carpenter, to it. And it basically is about a team who goes to both the Norwegian and the American bases to kind of figure out what exactly happened to, you know, these bases and kind of dealing with the aftermath. Um, it does... Exactly states very clearly what happened at the end of the original of the thing, which I kind of don't like because I really, really love the ambiguity at the very, very end. But yeah.
2: Oh wait, what would so. they say? What they say happens?
0: Um. So spoilers for a game from two thousand four, and also too, if you don't want to know, you want to keep the ambiguity of the nineteen eighty two version. Here we go. Uh, three, two, one. Yeah, so basically the whole game you're fighting on through, you do discover the dead body of Childs, um, so Childs is actually dead, um, and he was not the thing, and then McCready is alive and shows up at the very, very end of the game to save your ass in a helicopter. So neither of them were the thing at the very end of the movie. Oh, there we go.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Do you ever read the comic books? I did not, because there is a comic book that also is a sequel, um, and a lot of it takes place on like a ship. <laughs> uh, they go on like a ship and stuff, and they get attacked. Um, and I think in that one, Childs yeah. is the thing. I think what happens in that mm. one, is the Childs doesn't to be the thing. But Macready like survives the ship exploding, survives like a plane crash. Macready like lives forever; he's great. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that 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 was the thing as well. So th- there's a lot of different sequels, and apparently there's also supposed to be a mini series. There was supposed to be a sequel. I think in like 2009 or something. It's so there's so many sequels to this that, that to the thing that never happened. Um, we got this prequel. <laughs>
0: up this stuff. yeah But yeah, overall, I mean, the same 2011 remake, it's not, it's not a terrible movie. I mean, it's very clearly, you can tell that the, the director was a fan of the original and a lot of the actors and actresses were like that. But, you know, whatever excuse you want to believe, like if it was studio meddling or it was just too much of a homage that it seemed like a remake than its actual own thing. It just, the entire time, I was just like, I wish I would have watched the original one. I wish I was watching the original one.
2: You know, Dan, I don't, See, I don't know if I agree with you. I, I, I kind of think it's a bad movie. Kind of. <laughs> I kind of think it's bad. Like, like, and one of my big things I was thinking about that makes it bad that, other than the thing, are the characters. I think the characters are not memorable or interesting.
0: Yes, I agree with that a hundred percent. Definitely. Like, I, I th- and really the only two characters I remember are Mary Elizabeth Winstead and the evil scientist dude. Right, that, what, that's really it. What's her name? mary elizabeth ramona flowers i know this one <laughs> ramona flowers
2: right so like that's it. like like do you, like like Mac- like macready childs um blair uh like windows like we know the characters from the first one partly because the smaller cats and movie has like twice the number of people for some reason oh yeah definitely um, mm-hmm. but like you know their names like i don't i i i did not remember anybody's name going into this i know that her name is kate only because i wrote it down like i mm-hmm. i had no idea what her name was and like they don't care like they're, they're, like, there's so many characters, in this, like, even fucking Joel Egerton's character, who they like they set up to be somebody important, almost the pilot guy, like, nope. Like, I think that's part of it. They have so many characters, and, like, at first they set up, like, maybe that assistant guy to the doctor is going to be important. Nope. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. the doctor is going to be a big character. Nope. But, like, they, they put all these characters who could be bigger characters, and they just aren't. Like,
0: yeah,
2: it's so it's so weird and part of i think what also makes this bad is they have a villain character because in the first one nobody's a bad guy like the paranoia sets in but nobody's really a bad guy but this Mm -hmm. movie made that evil doctor evil scientist trope and shoved it in there which in in a movie that didn't need it
0: Mm -hmm. and it was they laid it on very very thick too like you talked to kate and he's just like don't you know correct me in the front of my subordinates or something like that like yeah okay okay great we know exactly what type of character you are immediately
2: yeah it was it just it was just weird it was it was it was very unnecessary for a movie like this and i don't i don't know why they did that like and i feel like just the entire the entire setup is very like a very 90s kind of like basic plot of like they discover something they bring in foreign scientist. foreign scientists are our main character who's the viewer uh you know the viewer uh whatever you call that thing where it's the same person as the viewer and they go around and you see everything from their perspective everything's new to them and they're the outsider and things start going wrong like it was a very basic movie like it felt like a 90s like that virus movie or something where just like or like sphere or just like the or what's it event horizon like it's very it's just that same kind of cookie cutter plot um with a bunch but except like this movie, they just—I think that's part of what they did. They're like, oh, we're gonna amp up the thing with more characters, but you're like, you didn't explore any of them. I didn't care about any of these characters. Even Kate, mm-hmm. I didn't care about her. Our main character, I didn't care about because she was just there. She didn't—nothing happened with her. There's nothing interesting about her. They imply a romance, like they then imply romance, but they imply a connection between her and Joel Egerton a little bit. But even him, like when they at the end, where they're like, "I knew it was you because you had the earring," and he was like, Oh <gasps> It's like okay, it is a little detail, and I paid attention to it this movie because I remember that conceit at the end. But it's never highlighted. It's never like brought up. It's never anything interesting. It's yeah, it's I,
0: very I, much just a unearned gacha moment.
2: Exactly. Like it, it, I feel like if that's your payoff at the end, set it up somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I, I just I, I felt like the characters in the movie were like honestly the failing, and I kept you know. I'm not yeah not to not to beat a dead horse but i'm i'm thinking about this and alimish predator requiem because i was i was thinking to myself i'm like you know what andrew this is just like avpr every once in a while you go back and you think maybe it'll be good and you're disappointed <laughs> but that last but the last time i went back and i was like oh you know i see i see benefit in this i see nice things in this and this one i didn't see it i was just like watching it. I was like, i don't like not only do i not care like i didn't care about the characters in um AVPR but I couldn't make fun of them because they weren't interesting enough to make fun of and they ca- the creatures on the side weren't interesting so like, there was really nothing that got me
1: mm-hmm. like
2: nothing is memorable about this film like literally all I could tell you if you asked me what this movie is okay I remember the Mary Elizabeth Winston's in it I remember that they did the teeth they did the, 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 you know, the metal in the body thing and I remembered at the end they blew up a ship and that's like all I remembered like, there's
0: a lot of CGI money shots, too. I'm sorry. We're talking about the ship right now. I just got to briefly touch on the um, the scene at the very end where she's investigating the alien ship. Yes, And yes. they focus on, like, the 20 seconds of that one CGI cylinder, and it just stands on it for so long. I was just like, why, why did you blow your budget on this? Why? Ugh. No, it was, it was so
2: stupid. Like, I I, I had the same boat. It was, it was there for so long, it looked like fucking Tetris little pieces going in and out. Like, was it the engine on this ship? Is that what it was supposed to be? Because, like, what the fuck was it? Like, uh-huh. the entire ship scene was dumb. It was super dumb. Yes. Um, it wasn't necessary. And it took away, like, the most, like, I'm sorry, you guys weren't interested in the fucking ship? Like, you you, you took the creature back and didn't have a separate base camp at the ship? What? Why was that ship not under more surveillance? Why is that ship not more interesting?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like what? And like, and I and I get it. Again, they're setting up for the second movie or for the, the sequel when they walk when and they see the ship from above. I'm like, oh, look at that. But it just felt very like dumb. And the ship looked stupid. We didn't get to see much of it. It looked very metal and fake and CG. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially because the next yeah, year and Apparently came. Like
0: the director. And another interview, the director was saying, like, yeah, we wanted the ship to, you know, kind of get you the sense that, you know, this is a creature that can transform himself into anything. So we kind of wanted to show that in terms of navigation around the ship. And I didn't get that impression at all. Like, it was just generic metal walls.
2: Yeah. Well, like, because the way I always interpreted the ship, or I assumed the ship would be, is that it was some, something else's ship. And it just took it. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like why would the supercell need to really travel honestly um like what like based on what it is like i always assume that it took it over so like whatever creature uh piloted it would have been that thing but i just like it just looked dumb it was huge like again like Prometheus came out the next year and i feel like seeing the interior of that ship it was the interior of the ship it's like wow this is like like i, I, I understand that probably is a lot higher budget than this is um but the contrast between the two and thinking about it it's just like oh this looks dumb as fuck um especially because they, they they both do that same kind of thing where the ground opens up and somebody's like running and falls into it basically I'm like oh this these things are very similar but this one looks really bad um but no i i, I the ship was dumb and, like, and the thing is okay so this is my question for you what okay if you were to go back and redo this what would you have made this movie about if you were to have done the, the thing prequel if this movie didn't exist how would you have done it
0: I think the premise is all right in terms of, you know, what happened to the Norwegian camp. I just wouldn't have it do the exact same story beats over and over and over again. Like the two things I, yeah, would I still don't. include is just the feeling of paranoia and everyone dies at the end. What, what would you like to add? What
2: would you like to add? Like what, what, what scenes would be you'd be interesting to you? Like, how would you change it to make it not the same?
0: I would cut down on the characters. For, mm-hmm. for starters, that's for sure. I would definitely ham up the Norwegians versus the Americans aspect of it and have that divide. Because that is one thing I felt like the movie did a decent job of is, you know, creating the cross cultural differences. And I would just have more creative and fun ways for the thing to actually come on in and distill that paranoia with them and, you know, fucking with them more and more and more. I think that would be more ideal. How about you?
2: No, I'm the same boat. I would I like would to see that. Um, I like to, again to make it, that, that that frozen Hell book came out which had the first three chapters which they're actually they're, they are making a remake now of the thing that's coming out and um, they're planning it based on that adding in that information and i'm slightly okay with it because i think they're going to do this but like i would explore the ship more and explore more of like i would make it more of a forward team who again okay, have an Norwegian base have a forward team that goes to the um goes to the ship. And then have some, something get brought back to the Norwegian base so that can all go happen down there. But also have something happen at the ship and have like kind of almost two different parallel stories going on of exploring the ship and what's going on and something being there. And also have, you know, what's going on in the base. But also explore the idea of the supercell as a singular cell organism, which takes over things. Like, we don't really see it very often. We always see the big thing incorporating other things into it. But I want to see the small thing. Like, we start to see it a little bit with Tormund Giant's vein or whatever. Tormund Giant's vein we see when he gets mouthed by the uh, the hand. But, like, I want to see more of this idea of, like, what if a single cell of this thing got into you? Because we don't really see that in the first one. So that would be exploring something new. Like, what if a small part of this got into you and start infecting you? Could you cut off your arm and, like, you know, save yourself from it? Like, think of it more as, like, a viral infection. Because, like, there, there's movies like that. There's, like, um, b- blood... Snow or blood ice, blood glacier, or something like that. And there's like, um, fuck, what's that, that movie? There's another there, uh, Harbinger Down, kind of like there's other movies where they take this idea of like the supercell, or, like even, um, what's that movie they just came out, Life with Ryan Reynolds? Um, and it like that that that's that's basically the thing that is a supercell that takes over things and incorporates them into
0: it. Like, so actually, uh, just real quick in the video game, um, there is one character who gets infected and he just immediately shoots himself, yeah. So- See, yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I want to see that. But even then, like, you know, I can still eat you and, like, use you. Because, like, in the end, like, the thing isn't, like, taking over your body. It's it's replacing your cells with its own cells. It's eating your cells and incorporating them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it could eat a dead body and become that person. Done. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like we don't see that all. And that's, that's like, we've seen... We've seen what this movie does with the thing in the other movie. Aside from, like, the merging and stuff. We see that. But, like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I would have loved to see, like, different variation on the supercell taking over. Because, like you know even again even the merging of the two bodies so it merges its face with that guy's face but then stops so that you have two distinct faces to, like why would it do that mm-hmm. why, why would it stop there like i I just i don't know you what it's what it, doing in final this. Form is. Mm-hmm. yeah and like i don't know and like even there's that scene when it first eats the guy and they're like you know you know it was eating him obviously it only had you know had like half his body in his mouth his feet were still sticking out they kill it and they cut it open and they're like hmm, why was his metal arm outside of uh was a metal thing outside of the arm and i'm like oh yeah that's an interesting idea but then we but then we're looking at it and you're like well if you look at what it was doing it wasn't eating him and forming a separate copy of him next to him right it was forming cells around him and those cells were being eaten and replaced so wouldn't the metal still be in his body then
0: good question
2: wouldn't it be if if like in, a, in an example we see it eats a cell and then it just becomes a new cell wouldn't it just be him with the metal in its body still? like it wouldn't understand what the metal is for but it would still be there because mm-hmm. it's part of what it's it's replacing cells it's not making a copy next to him it's not invasion of the body snatches entering him it's not making a new version of him it's not cloning him it's eating him and replacing the cell like this, side, this is a completely different thing that, that <laughs> i off of my supercell singular cell exploration but like i don't know I, i'd love to see more of that i would love to see more single cells and that was just a random issue i had with it earlier but i don't know i just thought this movie just like went in weird places that like it re recycled things from the first movie when i thought the the idea of the supercell was so interesting and cool that I would have loved to see explored more or like even explore the other aliens, like explore the other alien that the ship could have been from. Like mm-hmm. there's so many cool things that the thing didn't explore that you could explore and then still make the thing valuable, like still make these new elements. We we see new quote unquote in the eighties version that would come out of, so you watch the two different movies and you'd see different things from it. And so each one would be valuable in adding to the lore in its own way. But because they just basically did what the first one did with some slight variation, you don't really feel like there's much of a difference between the movies and the thing you get. So I would, I would like to see the thing explored in a different way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I could definitely see that as well. Because, again, it's just like, I would, I would just like them to see them do anything besides just doing the same movie again. Yeah.
2: And so. Actually, the cool thing anyway. is, um, like one more back backstory. So um, in, in the Frozen Hell book, the, the thing that goes before that, there's like a foreword, they talk about um, how he kind of wrote this story. And he basically, the guy who wrote it, um, he used to write, he at one point ran for this Pulp Magazine where he basically wrote stories um, like another guy used to. They asked him to write stories like this other guy used to. And he came up with this idea for this these aliens on this planet who are living with essentially the thing and it would replace them. Um, and the guys like, who show up and they're like, oh, this is kind of weird. This thing just kind of replaces you, and makes copies of you. And they're like, yeah, we just don't ask questions. Like, you know, we, we just, it's, we've learned it better not to care. And they're like, what? Like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, like, you know, like, if it's the same person, completely acts the same person, why does it matter at this point? Like, they basically just, like, stopped caring about it. So then the guy's like, you know, like, oh, this is weird. We have to go back home without them. Um, and I kind of would have liked to see that as well. I'd love to see, like, some, like, I don't know, questioning about, like, leaving it be. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that would be explored in the movie, but I like that concept of, like, you know, like if the, is the thing's goal just to massively reproduce, or would it be kind of okay? Like, I I would like to see more exploring about what his motivations are. Like, because like in that in that in that context, the thing was fine, just copying somebody. and Like, okay, I'm my own thing. bye. like, I'm this person now. Cool. Mm-hmm. I would, I'd love to see that concept. Like, you know, maybe it takes over dog. And like, like maybe you know that dog took over and it was that dog the whole time, and then it, at the end it runs away because all its buddies got killed. Kind of.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I would like to see that explored. The idea of like what the thing could be and will it ever stop eating to a degree
0: yeah definitely all right cool well that was our kind of discussion on the 2011 version of the thing andrew do we have anything in the pipeline for our next episode
2: i think we talked about doing the zack snyder movie uh, army of the dead is that what it's called
0: oh yeah Absolutely, it gets released on uh, the twenty-first. So we will probably launch that in about two weeks. Uh, so you'll probably catch that episode on. Let's see here, da, 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 June first exactly. Uh, oh. We can go ahead and see that. I am excited to see. I, I the Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead two thousand four remake is a guilty pleasure of mine. So whoa, why? Why is it a, a guilty pleasure? That movie's that. great.
2: That's not a guilty pleasure. That's just a good movie. <laughs> no, seriously, that movie's great.
0: Anyway, how could? How could we'll you? We'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> That's, it's <laughs> and I'm sure Angela will give me a lot more shit for it I'm going to give you a lot so, more shit anyway. for it <laughs> Thank you so much to our opening band That is Teddy's Atlas um, With the Saw and Horror Movie Story You can get that off the album Children of the Corn And have a great time Yeah. Bye